I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. All right, let's do this. What's up, everybody? It's your coach. Welcome to the Coach HP podcast. Before we start, want to give again a special shout out to our new sponsor, Positivity. For those of you that don't know, the meaning of positivity is the practice of being or tendency to be positive or optimistic in attitude. That's positivity. Listen, positivity is running a promotion now, running a special promotion that for today, only today, you're willing to be positive. You're allowed a lifestyle. Positivity is allowing you to be positive for the rest of your life. It's a buy all in. It's a real special they're having now. When you see it, type in Coach HP. That's the promo code, Coach HP. And you will just have positivity for the rest of your life for free. I mean, if you can't get a better, if it, if it doesn't show you how hard I'm working for you guys, what other, what other podcaster out there is giving you a promo code to enter something that you can receive for free 24 hours whenever you want. I mean, I think that's, that's, that's hands down the greatest deal ever. Let's now jump into today's show. Great comedic talent, great person, great actress. Vicky B, as I call her, Vicky B. How often do you see someone that starts a journey at something 20 years in their 40s? I think she said when she started 20 years ago, started this comedy thing, dealing with her own self-doubt, raising two girls that adore her, started the toughest thing to do. People say public speaking is tough. Well, when we talk about making people laugh in public, complete strangers that expect you to make them laugh, that's really difficult. And she's taking, she's has taken on that risk. She's taken on that challenge and she's succeeding on a big scale. When you saw her in America's Got Talent, that she was right there to take it all. Judges loved her. The audience clearly loved her to numerous times. She took numerous times crushing it over 500 times at the comedy store. Just making moves, making moves, making moves. Big fan of hers. Big fan of her heart, big fan of her, her mindset of how she just dealt with failure and kept going, kept going. Want to give a shout out. We think she'll be performing at the La Jolla Comedy Store in the back alley Thursday through Saturday, the 23rd through the 25th. Tickets available at thecomedystore.com. For my listeners that are out there, Southern California, got a lot of baseball people out there, got a lot of cool people out there. You want to come out, tired of being in the house, go check her out. They're going to do a social distancing thing. She's funny. That'll be real cool. You could also follow her podcast, 
Big Girls Don't Cry. Wednesdays comes out. New episode Wednesday. 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific. She takes question live. She has a good crew. I think they're on their third episode, she said. So without further delay, a big fan of this just amazing person. Great comedian, but better person. My girl, Vicky B. In the Coach HP show. Let's go. Like, what are we going to do about this fucking Cubano from the South, down, down in South Florida, putting together the firm with the palm trees behind him? He's a monster. He's controlling the market. Boom, and we're live. Vicky B, right off the top, I want to congratulate you on something. The fact that I sent the DM to you, thinking it's you, but it turns out to be your daughter, Lily, and the kind of sweet response she gave me towards how me interviewing you showed that you're a very good mom. You know, Hector, I, I thank felt you. that. I felt that. Hard is it to be a very good mom, being as talented as you are, because you're a super talented person, and usually people of that talent level miss those relationships. How hard has that been for you to keep that standard of being a good mom? Well, I, you know, when people meet my kids, they're always so shocked. So I tell them they're adopted. Right, 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 right. <laughs> but I mean, I, I, you know what, for me, it, I, I, I don't know how I got so lucky that my daughters are like they are, but I have to say, I, I, they did play a lot of sports and they had good coaches and good peers because I think as much as all I did was love them, but in terms of making a lot of mistakes and having to be gone a lot, I mean, uh, that, that was me, but I, but I, I was really lucky because the peers that they're around their coaches, and I'm not kidding you. One, one played college volleyball, the other played all kinds of sports all the way through high school and loved uh, horses. So I just, I feel like the best thing I did as a mom was I kept them busy. I think they loved athletics. We went all out. I mean, I, I didn't have any money for coaching. I remember I offered to trade or club coach house cleaning, but then right. somebody told her coach what my trailer looked like and she canceled. So you did that for real or no? For real. Listen, Vicky, see, that's why you're a winner because I get, Asked by a lot of parents, coach, I can't afford my kid's bat. Coach, I can't afford a glove. I can't afford lessons. I go, listen, have you asked your son to see if he goes over and reaches out to the top five, top five hitting instructors, top five coaches Say, listen, unfortunately, my parents can't afford lessons, but this is what I can do. I could come wash your car in yep. return. Nobody does that anymore because we're scared that what if Vicky B sees my son washing cars that I'm a loser. And it's the other way around. It's just crazy. You know, exactly. I mean, my, my daughters grew up 
you know, scrappy and, and hardworking and are successful because it was really on them. I remember I used to drive from like Hollywood. I'd drive to Anaheim. I'd get there, like I'd leave Hollywood at like two in the morning. I'd get to Anaheim Sports Center every Saturday for volleyball. Wow. And I'd be still in my outfit from the night before. And I didn't know till later that a lot of other parents thought I was a hooker. <laughs> you could imagine, you could imagine. Vicky, what was the moment that you knew you were so talented, man? When did that come to to your head? You know, I I just had a when I when I first started, I I thought I might have the ability, but I I knew it would take a long time and a lot more work. And I a lot of people said, I would say they go, Vicky, why don't you have this or that now? I go, well, I'm not ready. And they would say, yes, you are ready. But I kept pushing it back. Cause I didn't have a lot of faith in myself, maybe even the first 10 years, Mitzi Shore loved me and stuff. But you know, like I was old when I started. So I got a lot of blowback from the industry, like hundred percent blowback. I'm not the person that would knock on that door twice. So you know, I just, it took me a lot longer than other people to, you know, at, to, to understand that I was doing this. And no matter how much people were laughing, I still thought, well, I'm not good enough yet. And I honestly, I really think that that moment when I stood there at AGT and uh, Simon said that you were the funniest person we had on the show, all that, all of those years of hoping that I was ready, I think it just drenched on me at that very moment that I all of a sudden knew that I was ready because my only plan was to get so good that they couldn't ignore me anymore. Right. And I finally felt like that really, really came to fruition because it's sometimes I used to think, man, maybe that wasn't enough of a plan. Right, 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 right. Let's start with instantly. Let's go to high school. You were born in California? I was actually born in Freeport, Illinois, but I left there when I was one. Okay. And then what part of California did you move to? We moved to Anaheim. Great it's area. Great area, Anaheim. Yeah. In high school, what were you like? Were you like this, Vicky? Were you different? Did you think of being an entertainer? Was that your mindset? No, I was like 220 pounds when I was 12. So I was a really fat kid. Uh, I didn't, you know, I might have been a good athlete, but I never, I got kicked off my first baseball team for, eh, well, so I didn't like, I, I didn't have a lot of sports. We moved to, I went to three different high schools in Colorado. I did start playing tennis and I felt like something, I might be good at something, but I was very shy. I cut my own hair. I lost weight, but I still felt like a huge fat person inside. So I didn't talk to people much. And I, and I, because I moved every year, my dad moved us every year of high school. I never really made any good friends, even if I could make a friend. So I was very lonely and introverted pretty much the whole young life till I literally, till I was almost 40 when I walked into my first stand up comedy class and I that carried changed everything that changed everything. Yeah, I carried three books in there so that people would think I was smart. <laughs> no way. And uh, so college, did you do anything for college or you went right into the rug store? You know, I, I the time when I was working for my parents, I took a lot of college classes. And uh, you know those dreams that you have that you fail and you didn't study and you didn't show up except for finals? Right. Well, I, I got my transcripts and it turns out those were just memories, not dreams. So I really? didn't, didn't do well. At the store, the rug store, were you good? Were you, I'm assuming you had to be like a salesman now, sales of people, the rug stuff. Were you good at that or no? I was really good at that because I really cared about 
about what the, the people product. were finding. Yeah, I really cared about helping people. And I wanted to make them laugh. And if they didn't laugh, that broke my heart. If they didn't buy the carpet, I didn't care. But we sold seconds and irregulars. I mean, and it was, my parents were nuts. And it was a crazy, a crazy place before Yelp when you could treat customers really badly. Right. But, but we, but I, I cared so much for my customers. They, they knew that. That is awesome. How does comedy then go into your head? Because I, I, the bio that there was no comedian there. Assumed like your mom was a comedian. When do you go? Wait a minute, comedy escape. Comedy's my path. When did that hit you? I think about four years after I took that class, you know, I'd, I'd been going to so many open mics and I loved it so much. When I made people laugh, I just felt people were like, we're showering me in diamonds. I just loved it so much. So I told my parents, listen, sell the shop, use it for the retirement. And I bought a trailer for my daughters and I to move into. We were instantly poor. I went from quite a lot of money to nothing. And it was like a big leap, but I, it was a good leap, but it was everyone around me, everyone, Everyone, my priest, everyone thought I was crazy. Yeah, because Vicky B, at the time, it's not like now where entrepreneurship and kind of chasing your dream is sexy and cool. Back then, it's like, look at this crazy, she's a loser. What is she doing? And she's taking those two girls down with her. Totally. And, I, and believe me, there were times that I, I knew that they were all right. And I, I made a terrible decision, and I was a very selfish, horrible mother. I remember having food delivered on the steps one day when I led it out that one of my jobs got canceled. And I shouldn't have said that, but when my friend knew what that meant and I got home and then there was a bunch of groceries on the back porch. And I'm like, oh, I was like so devastated that I'd failed so badly. And then I went, you know what? Somebody loves me so much that they will bring our family food. I'm going to accept that and just keep going. And that, and always it just seemed like, you know, someone was watching and taking care and we always, enough came that we just kept making it and making it. Something would happen and we could just keep going. Vicky, that's why I, I feel that more people, should, I think you're a big example to a lot of people and how to stick with it and how to be successful, of how to be happy, of how to appreciate the turns of life that, okay, I didn't get this, but I still maintain my daughters. Okay, we didn't get this, but we still stayed on track. How were you able to keep mindset of positivity? when it doesn't look positive at all in the bank account, at the mobile home, with friends, how would you, how were you able to do that? You know, I, I realized for me that I had to, because what I pretended, and this is gonna sound nutty, I pretended there was a baseball player inside my head. And every time a negative dart would come at me, because I was so always negative, really before stand up, it changed everything. So, but these ne negative darts would just come into my head like zip. And I would just pretend there was a guy with a baseball bat in my head and he would bat him away, bat him away, bat him away. And eventually I just have to think of that baseball player. I don't even have to hit the bat because I just decided not to let those negative thoughts come into my head. And, and that's what I physically like, totally manifested. And then I just, I just kept trusting that things would be okay. Even though, you know, a more sensible person would, <laughs> wouldn't have. When you got first stand up, that you start preparing material. I'm a, uh, I'm fascinated by comics ability for material and that prep and that thing. I'm a public speaker. I became known almost as the kid whisperer, but uh, I know a little bit about comedy because I'm Cuban from Miami. I was born in Cuba and I'm the biggest failure in the history of Miami baseball by far, by far. <laughs> 
So I left Miami to run away from baseball. I got discovered by a casting director. I moved to Los Angeles. I slept in the Hollywood Hills for six months. I didn't know a, a single person. I slept in the Hollywood Hills, Vicky B, because I thought that's where the studios were. And I would get discovered <laughs> there. I showered and shaved at the Equinox on Sunset Plaza. I was sneaking there, shower and shave there. And I got a pamphlet for a class. I was with Wilhelmina Models here in Miami. And they had Wilhelmina Los Angeles. And I got a pamphlet for a guy by the name of Gary Austin who created this school that I had never heard of in my life called The Groundings. Yeah. And when I went to his class, I only had budgeted for two classes. The guy was wearing a retro Houston Astros baseball jacket as he's teaching. And I go, I got this dude. Yeah. I go, I got this dude. And we became like this. And I learned about improv. I learned about that journey that you guys go through. Talk to me at the beginning, preparing material. What was that like for you? In the very beginning, I... It was, I just talked about the things that I knew most, being a mom and being fat. So for the first four years, fat mom, all 100% of the time. And and then my daughter, my poor 12-year-old daughter would sit on the couch hour after hour listening to my jokes and go, hack, 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 hack. She was, she had a really good sense of humor. So, I mean, that's how I did it. And then I, I literally made a poster of a giant crowd of laughing faces in my bedroom and I would go and tell my jokes to that giant poster of laughing faces and imagine them, they were laughing at me one time. And it took me a long time to stop bombing. I was really a bad beginning comic. I, I was very stiff. It took me a long time to relax and to know myself because if you want to do comedy, you have to get to know who you are. You have to find your truth. And I was the last person I ever wanted to meet. So it took a long time for me to look at me, who I am, then bring that out. And then maybe at about 10 years, my material was more really who I was and I was becoming who I was. I was I was coming out and being the whole person that I needed to be. Vicky B, isn't that crazy how you accepting you, that's all you had to do. If I accept me and I go up here, why do you think it's so hard for us to accept ourselves? You know, I think that like, especially if you came from a place where you were constantly belittled, you know, you start to believe that and internalize that. Plus, I mean, I mean, that's just, that that was my family, you know, we're like, oh, don't, we don't want to, no, we, please, we don't need any of the air in this room. You take the air. We right. don't want the, it's all yours. So I was like raised like really strongly to ask for nothing. You know, don't think you're any good. You're not any good, Vicky. And, and that was, and then you're, and then the constant, you're fat. So I really did have a lot of stuff coming at me. So it wasn't out of nowhere that I had no self-esteem and it just wasn't, but I'm just so grateful that that was all so surface. That was so easily swept swept away. You know, once you sweep that away, it's gone, and then you're 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 not apart from the world anymore. You're part of the world because you're 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 you know you're the things that you don't feel good about yourself that keep you from other people. That's wiped away, and now you're just on equal terms with everyone else. Vicky, I agree with you totally because my I was in LA for six years, and. I had growing up because what my dad would do was my dad prepared me for everything except to deal with him. So he would beat the shit out of me like really, really, really bad when I would strike out in baseball, when I'd commit an error and it was a complete disaster. So growing up, he had enslaved me in a way that 
All I did was play baseball. So I had identity issues because I always wanted to be somebody else. I always thought that person was better, this person better. And in the 90s, when you're growing up and your dad's beating the shit out of you, but he's there 24-7, I don't have the luxury that he's always going to go do comedy and I have a break. He literally had me by his side 24-7. The only place I could escape was in my head. I didn't have a TV in my room. He just didn't believe in that. Everything was just this one thing. So I can relate with what you said there so much. How did you, at that time, what would make you happy? Because you're bombing on stage. It's not like, oh, I'm starting to, you know, it's, it's cool when you start seeing the signs of, you know what, I'm good at this. But before, when you're just sucking every single day, up and down, up and down, what would you tell yourself, Vicky, to keep yourself happy, motivated to keep going? This is not going to be a good answer, Hector. No, nah, your answers are all the best answers, Vicky. Okay. Actually, because I considered myself such a big failure, I felt bombing to be quite comfortable. Honestly, I felt like that I can handle. It's when I started letting myself stop bombing, that became a problem. <laughs> really? So being, being more successful was harder for me to deal with than the bombing days. No the way. Natural. When you're up there and you're bombing, do people boo you? Do people just sit there and look at you and stay quiet? You hear crickets. What's that like? It's, it's, you know, it's pretty terrible. And, and at one point, I'm not kidding you, my friends, my comic friends here in San Diego, they kind of gathered around me like an intervention. And they said, Vicky, because I used to say, well, you got to really get good at bombing. You got to get good at that. Got to get really okay with failure. You're never going to grow. But I, I, they said, Vicky, you have to let the bombing go. They literally kind of gave me an intervention to say, enough. You, you, start, you, you need to let, let this go. And because it became almost comfortable not to, to do well. And I know that sounds crazy. And then, <clears throat> and then also, I mean, I, I do feel that from that, though, there was so, because I, because I worked in so many bad different environments to learn comedy, like we would just go into a bar that didn't have a comedy show with a microphone and a PA and ruin people's nights. And then we get kicked out to another bar. And so if anyone laughed at any of those jokes, they were, they were great jokes. And I, and I, for all of that craziness, I am glad that I started like I did because, because I think it had to be the authentic way that I started because I, I had such a low feeling about myself. I had to go through all that to get, neutral and 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 so I, now i mean i i i never consider that bombing is good and if, if i don't even you know i don't but i don't mind if a joke doesn't go because i've moved to the next one and then you start thinking of them as little business products not you know you know if this is just a joke if it doesn't work you rewrite you do another joke but i think it's you've got to get a really tough skin as a comic so all that bombing gave me a tough skin as a comic. And it also just made me know that no matter what, I wasn't going to stop. Vicky, in those days, what would you do like off the stage to make you happy? Would you go and sneak into a movie theater? Would you go to the beach? Like what, what would you do to kind of like reset yourself to be like, you know what? Life is going to be good. Uh, would you have a certain dish that you would eat? Like what would, what would relax you? You know, because I never had any girlfriends going because I didn't, you know, I the high schools, then I worked for my parents' carpet store. I didn't really meet any girlfriends and I had a couple of kids. My new comedy girlfriends and boyfriends, there were men, that I met during that time, whether or not it's La Jolla Comedy Store, Hollywood Comedy Store, all of a sudden I had peers that 
cared about what I cared about. We all love stand-up. So just the camaraderie, going out after for drinks or dinner, breakfast, sharing each other's food because no one had any money. Just that that meant so much to me. The 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 comedians, that that was a that was as good as honestly a, truly as good as the work. Just the the community that that gave me such pleasure, and I'm so grateful for that. Let me tell you why you're so lucky. Because if you ask any athlete, what do you miss about the sport? And the one thing they'll tell you is that messing around in the locker room, that camaraderie with the people and stuff like that, you know. And as a comedian, as comedians, you guys have that special bond with each other. And the luckiness, if you could say that's a word, of comedy still being sexy. Yeah. And stand-up credit still being held on some kind of pedestal that people still do that. Do you feel that? Yeah, I do. I do. I feel, you know, I, I was, do you know Joey Diaz? No. He's a great, we'll get into that. He's a yeah. he's a Cuban dude. I and we'll get to him. But like I was with him the other day. I did a show and I hadn't you know I hadn't seen any real friends for so long. And I I said yes I want to come to LA. I want to do it live. He says it's a safe studio and just to see his face. And we talked about all of our friends from the last 20 years. And you know I I am like so abundantly grateful. There's no I'm I'm grateful for everything that ever happened to me. But the like you said it's the it's the people that are in it with us. Because it, it's a lonely, rough road, and it's also a fun, great road. But you, when you're on it together with a bunch of really cool people, sure, there's a lot of jerks in stand-up like anywhere else, a lot of crazy people. But you just find the ones you're kindred with, and there are so many. Vicky, I love that you said that. I saw your interview. I saw, I saw that interview with you, that podcast, and I loved your demeanor. Like you seemed in that interview and in that podcast that you did so relaxed. And just talking, you weren't hyper. You weren't like you know these usually these comedic people. They try to hit it with little one-liners, whatever. And you would have never guessed that you were a comedian. And I think you presented yourself extremely well during that podcast. I really did. Oh, that's so nice, Coach. Well, Joey makes yeah. it. Joey just makes it easy. And I and think I think I think too that see what what happens in society is that we praise the glamorous people so much and there's people that haven't hit yet or are in the journey of hitting that we're not giving the love to and what i wanted to do was in what i'm doing is i go listen everybody's going after this person but the minute i see somebody that i like no matter what they do i don't care if he's a comedian or if the person sells pizzas i'm gonna hear their story And I want to share with people because that tenacity, that belief in yourself when maybe you didn't have it, is what we need now which with what's happening in the country. And we need to put more people like you in the spotlight to say, listen, this is what I went through. This is how I think now. This is how my future is going to go. Oh, it didn't happen that way. You make an adjustment. But you stay right there. And I think that's that's super important for for somebody like you that has that much talent you know what i mean thanks hector i you know i have to say i've been listening i wanted to listen to your podcast before i did it so i listened to one and then i just went down this rabbit hole and what i what i think is amazing about what you're like what your coaching is i'm like i wish i would have heard this guy a long time ago because when you talk about getting into the batter's box before you bat 
I mean, that's exactly what you feel like right before you go on stage when you feel like, oh my God, I have to follow Chris Rock, literally, literally, or George Wallace. But that happens at the comedy store all the time. Mitzi used to love to do that. It still happens. And you're like sweating and you're going, and then you just have to loosen up right away. You just got to get loose. That's the most important thing. So I, I've loved, uh, I love what you're telling people. And I, I go, God, I want to tell everybody. No, you. we're, we're going to get to your podcast in a second. I've watched yours, and it's so crazy because right before I had you, you haven't even seen the episode. You're going to love it with George Lopez. When I had George oh, Lopez, on, which, which is just – it shows the power of positivity. I'll tell you this story really quick, which is just crazy. Vicky, nobody's given me anything in my life. So I figured out pretty at an early age that the only way I'm going to be accepted is if I make other people feel good about themselves. I figured that out real life. If not, I was, I'm going to have a very lonely life. And we were at the Rawlings Gold Glove Awards. I have a, you know, baseball, a little bit of baseball. A little, yeah. I'm a, I'm a first influencer, so social media personality, to have a deal with Rawlings. You've heard of Rawlings, the glove oh, yeah. company? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I got my own glove here. Hold on. That's. So check this out. So I got my glove with my logo. I have a Hi. million of these things. It's just crazy, right? That's awesome. And I'm talking to players after. I had no idea that George Lopez had spoken. They brought him in to speak. Supposedly, it's uh, it's in New York. It's a conservative crowd. I don't know what. He didn't do well. He didn't do well. But as he's coming out, I grab him. And I go, hey, George, really quick. I never remember before in my life. Hey, George, really quick. For the YouTube, can I get you a, a, an interview? He's like, yeah. And I just started telling him positive stuff. And you would never known that that would have happened, Vicky, till I had him on the show and he goes, listen, I don't know if you know this, but I did horrible over there. Like, I'm like, dude, I have no idea. Why? Because I live in a way where I just see the good in people. Yeah. And I ignore all the stuff. And I see that you have a lot of that too came across in, in your podcast. When we get to that whole America's Got Talent thing, what I took out of that is I analyzed you and I watched you was how good of an actress you were. You know those little sketches that you did, like the promo stuff for your stuff? Man, you're a really good actress. Have you always been that good, or was that just you improvising? Well, that was just, that was just me improvising, and I, you know, the acting, acting is, for me, you know, that was like, that was like another thing that I had to, I had to tell myself I didn't suck at for a long time. So, um, I've been working again on that because for a while I thought, well, like, I knew I was good at improv, but I really wasn't sure if I could act. And and so I've been working on that. And it, again, it's just that constant deciding that you cannot do something or you can. Like, you know, you you you, you either you're going to be right if you say you can't, you're going to be right if you say you can. Which one do you want to be right at? So, I mean, I, I'm kind of letting that go because it isn't, it's really, it would be fun to, to do more acting. And I, you know, but, but it, but uh, it's, Again, it's it's not just something you just walk into. You got to work at it. But I think with you, as I look at you, I just see so many opportunities for you because you can literally do anything right now that you put your mind to. And not like, okay, so I'm, no, no. I mean, like literally like, okay, I'm going to act. I see you can act. I see you can do this. I see you can do that. Do you feel that way too about yourself or no? I really do feel like, you know, the, the table is sitting there ready for me to go to and things are like just the last couple of weeks and 
some big giant people came to me and, and asked me to do something. So, you know, so I'm so grateful. It's just what I wanted to do. I mean, it could not be more perfect. So yeah, I, I do. I just feel, you know, like instead of thinking, why not think like that? You know, cause whenever I find that I think like things are not going to go, things are stuck. They are stuck. It's like so weird how, you know, you do manifest you. It's like, it takes you forever to figure that out, but manifesting what's going to happen is as real as, as you know, the nose in your face. It really as is. That it's Thursday today. I'm telling you. And, and my whole point, probably 80% of me having you on the show is to tell you how extremely talented you are, man. And that you can't, and I don't just say this to just say this. I say it because I saw it and I go, if she just now, now it's a, it's a little bit of things, just a little bit of things. Wow. Because it's, it's it's right there. It's right there. Why are all comedians? I used to pass. I passed by the comedy store a million times. I never once stopped at that place. Why are you guys, you comedians, so obsessed with? And Pauly Shore used to come into. So my best friend owns Sushiya. You know, it's a sushi restaurant right there in Sunset Plaza, Sushiya. Yeah, I never eaten there. It's so expensive. But yeah, I know where. <laughs> Well, listen. Next time you next and next time you're by there, you're gonna text me. I'll give right. my number. All we're right. gonna, I'm gonna have my boy hook you up. Don't worry. We're gonna awesome. take care of you. I always say fat girls don't get sushi. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm gonna hook you up. Don't worry. But I never once went to the comedy store. I never once stopped. Wow, there. wow. you would love it. I, I know I will because I take so much. You guys, what makes that place so special, Mitzi? Mitzi makes it so special. It's got, it's all her, man. And I know she's still watching over everything. I feel her so strongly. Uh, she, she built a place that honored comic and she, she changed the way comedy was. She made it about reality and the people that are there, they, they, they really do kind of treasure comedy. And, and it's not, and sure, there's a lot of people there that are just trying to get seen or whatever, but most people there are like really sincere comics. And so it's palatable when you're in there. That original room on the first floor when you go, that's like an x-ray machine. You have to be so real. The big main room is beautiful. It was Ciro's nightclub at one time. It's a wonderful place and it's a it's a real fun place. And then upstairs, the belly room, which Mitzi made for the women, but now is everybody's. I mean, every room is different. And then the, the front bar on Sunset's just really cool to hang out at. And the Comics love talking to the people that are there. You know, they, they don't just hide and they want to talk to the, the audience people. That's what they do. And they, and it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's an absolutely magical place. There's no other comedy club in the world like it. How many times have you performed there? Oh, God. I mean, oh. I've been there for 20 years. and so Over like 100 times, obviously, oh, right? Like maybe five, 600 times, yeah. Really? Yeah, and you still every time before you go up, does it feel different? Well, obviously we're gonna do this. Look at this plug right here, Mitchy. I mean, Vicky B, watch this. Ready? Look at this. Ready? Look, look at that at the bottom. Read that. Look at this high production we got going on there. Look at that, fancy. You see that? That's big budget we got there going I'm on. I'm loving this. Thank so, you. So when you're doing that, right? Is it a different kind of vibe than before you do, like let's say the comedy store, or it's the same kind of tension before? You mean that the show in the nerves? Hour? Yeah, like like performing in that. Do you feel the same thing as performing at the comedy store, or is that different? 
I got to admit to you, I didn't have my glasses on. It's tiny little print. What show is it talking about? The one that you're doing here. I'm going to help you out. Don't worry, Vicky B. It says Vicky B will be headlining. I don't know if you know it's Vicky B, but you're going to be headlining in La Jolla Comedy Store in the back alley. The alley. Thursday, Thursday through Saturday, Vicky B, 23 to the 25th. Tickets available at thecomedystore.com. Vicky B, be ready. Be available July 23rd through the 25th. You better be there, Vicky, because a lot of people are going to come see you. Thank you. I That's going to be my first time doing live stand-up since March 1st. I've never gone this long. No, you know, I'm so excited. And the alley is disgusting. The, the alley behind the comedy store is the most disgusting place. So all the employees are out there just scrubbing it and right. cleaning it, painting it. But it's so cool that they, they actually came up with this idea to do it outside in the alley. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be like, uh, I, yeah, it'll be fun. And I'll, I am terrified. <laughs> You're terrified. You are. No, not really. Because you know, you know. See, it's it's like when I speak. I've only been speaking for two years, but I I modeled my stuff, my speaking, at, like a comedian. I said, I'm like how you guys take gigs all the time, and it's just getting the reps. I do the same thing. So when I started speaking, the first time I spoke, I spoke to a little league, uh, eight U team. In the middle of it, but I just documented it and I recorded it. Yes. And then that I put on my social and I went from that to speaking to the national champs in baseball, to Disney, ESPN, all this stuff. But it started with that. How important are those reps, Vicky B, like to taking those reps? How important is that for you? It's, it's, it's really important. I mean, I, you know, and the other thing is what I'm kind of excited about is, I mean, I got to the point where I felt like I had such a strong set and i don't mean to say that like bragging it just just the way the audience it was hitting 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 and after a while i kept going wow my how much do i want to switch this up it's working so well but you can't be like that as a comedian you've got to change so in a way this covid was like man this break it's going to make me change and last night i did my first zoom comedy show and a lot of people asked me to do their zoom shows and i said no and i kind of thought in one side of my head that I was, I didn't, I was like, oh, I'm above these Zoom shows. But the bottom line truth is I was afraid to do a Zoom comedy. I was really afraid of that whole thing, how weird it would be. So I kept saying no. And then last night, my friends from San Francisco, who I really like, they, I said, I do theirs. And I had a ball. I had so much fun. So I'm so glad I did that. And it kind of made me feel like it's, it's just like riding a bike. I'll be fine next week at the comedy store. I, I love that you said that. I want to transition with you. Social media. How do you look at? I love that you have an Instagram. Obviously, I think uh, Lily's helping us out with the Instagram. Yes, yes, but yes. I, I love that you're looking at that because how are you approaching that? How do you think about that? I love that you did the Zoom thing. I'm going to tell you why. This interview would be way better in person, Right. But what's happening now is so weird that yeah. you can't sit there and go, oh, no, I'm not this or I'm not that. So the fact that you're willing even to go there, you deserve a lot of respect for that. How do you now approach social? How do you think about it? You know, I very first was on AGT. My Lily's husband, Mike, he is, his speciality is social media digital. Oh, and, wow. and so he told me, he said, Mom... You're, you're a person they see on AGT and that you need to answer every single person that comes to us. Everyone, you've got to, you can't let anyone go. 
it's just how you come across and it's how you are. I'm like, okay. And I, I had no idea the breadth of that audience, 14 million people watching every week. I had no idea that waterfall that was going to hit us. Yes. So we had all hands on deck. We had Lily, we had Mike, we had me, my friend Ed, who got a bad disease and had to go up Northern California, couldn't work, but he's a genius. He's doing much better now. And he, he jumped in hundred percent. And so all four, and my daughter, Emily, all five of us were on everything. And, and it's now down to three of us. And we try to we try to answer everything, and it's it's so much fun because you know you you meet people online, and and then you go to a show, and then they're there, and it's it keeps everybody in touch. And also, I I love people just reaching out and kind of letting me know what they're thinking. It helps it helps it helps me so much with where I want to go with my with with everything. So I, I think it's it's really exciting and is. Uh, but I'm not doing TikTok. I don't care. You could, you, you could, you could fork me. I will not go. I'm not doing one more. No. All right. All right. Let me give you my. I'm gonna give you my opinion because I really care about you. Okay. Okay. Hold on one second. Okay. So, right now, I noticed you just started YouTube, right? Yeah. I saw that, which I yeah. like that a lot. I like here. We're gonna go. We're gonna plug right now. We're gonna jump into in the bottom. I know you didn't bring your glasses. It says. Big Girls Don't Cry podcast. No, you don't have to, Vicky B. Okay. I got you. Thank We're you. going to talk about Big Girls Don't Cry podcast. I love, 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 love that you're doing a podcast. I think the podcast is awesome. Okay? I Two episodes so far, right? Three last night. We put another Three one. Three last night. Okay. I love it. I like this tonality of voice that you use with me right now. And that you use with Joey, I really like you like that. I I want you to keep that up, cause you, and maybe because you're on the podcast and you're only at three. When you get to thirty, you'll be. This is this is you as a winner, because what you're on stage is a person, but this person here is what ties them all together. So like you're, this is almost like Yankee Stadium. Right or the, let's use the com. You're the comedy store. The person I'm talking about is a comedy store, and then on stage is the different comedians. But you right now can hold this tonality and not feel like you have to carry a show for whatever. It's just because you're just talking. Like all right, so this weekend, so I did this cute, crazy Cuban guys podcast, and that was pretty fun. And then he did something else, and he said this, this, and that. So I want to urge you if you can continue to stick this route because I think it suits you very well. That's number one. Number two. When you talk back to the dude that you talk back to, keep the microphone with you. Because a lot of times you're like, hey, so hey, buddy. And we lose you. You know, we're not using, Hector, we're not using lav mics. The only mic that, that's coming out of that, when the, the one that broadcasts, Wu's got real mics next to me. But the one that the live show that, that is that night, um, we're, I need to get a, a mic on me because that mic is over six feet away on the camera and he's got a little boom thingy mic. This big. So you're not, you're not using like one of these, like a regular mic, like this when you talk. We are, but that's only utilized for the one that's broadcast the next day. The one that we do on Wednesday night. Did you watch it? Did you just listen to the podcast? I, so what I did was I saw it on Tuesday, which was, I saw, no, I saw it through YouTube. So was that a live one that you guys went to YouTube with? 
Yeah, yeah. And I think that the sound quality that's coming in on that is not as nearly as good as the podcast because we're not micing it properly. Perfect. Hey, guys, I'm not criticizing. I just, no, I just, because, because what you're saying is so good. I don't want it to be like, oh, I'm so engaged with Vicky. And then I just lose her and it goes. So I think that's, I think that's great. Vicky, have you thought of approaching? I know you don't like to reach out to people, but have you thought of watching what these Instagram comedians do, these TikTok comedians do, and saying, listen, I hate what I hate TikTok, but you guys got some talent. I would love to do a skit with you. I would love to do whenever you need somebody, let's do it. Have you ever thought of that yet or no? Honestly, Hector, I'm so I I I was I, I'll be honest. I don't even know what TikTok is. I have not, I've never seen any of it. Okay. And there's no excuse for that because it is our business. No, it is. Listen, it is what it is. We're here to look. I'm here just to. This is what I would do. I would grab Lily and say, listen, any comedian that you like. Any comedian. Now, these are not going to be people that are at the comedy store. These are going to be kids that are on YouTube. That are, but they got they, they got the following. They have the thing. And they're dying for a talent like you with what you have to work with because the biggest mistake people make is they're like, oh, I don't do that. I don't touch that. Why? My perfect example, my dad. You know how much my dad criticized the cell phone? Hey, you're always your phone. Now the guy can't live without a cell phone because it's the thing. And what they're, what these people, what these kids are going to need from you is A, they need your talent. They need it. B, they need your character because you could play so many things. And then now what's going to happen is your audience skews what age group? Yeah, right. Yeah. All of a sudden, America's Got Talent brought you younger. Yeah. Because it's a usually young. Now what this TikTok thing's going to do, and you have the three ingredients that people look for, you fill one of them, which is comedy. It's a no-brainer. Yeah, you're I'm, and you know, it's not like we don't have a lot of time right now. As busy as it, it's a good time to learn a new skill. No, 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 you know, you're not learning anything. It's literally reaching out, yep. reaching out. Yep. Hey, look, listen, this is who this is who I am, whatever. Half of them are idiots, but it just takes one, it just takes you one dude to appreciate you, to do like, hey, a skit with you, whatever. That thing goes viral, and now Vicky B is Vicky B in the scene. Like boom, 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 boom. So when she goes to La Jolla, it's packed with people and it's just, and it's free. It's not going to cost you a single thing. And it's not, if you sucked, I wouldn't talk to you about this. I'd be like, hey, Vicky, don't even waste your time. But you're so talented. Why are we just going to only hit fastballs? Let's hit curveballs. Let's hit change of the So I just, I think for you with your level of talent and where that podcast is going, because soon you're going to start having people on the podcast, I'm sure. Yeah. I, you know what? I, I love what you were gently counseling me on the podcast is that I, I do feel like, and I'm sitting there and, and, uh, and I'm just wanting to make sure we hit all the stuff we planned and, and don't worry about that. I just want you to sit there and go, listen, tomorrow's episode here. This is what I want you to do in today's episode. Here's everything we want to hit, <laughs> throw it in the air. Uh Oh, we're not hitting that today. I'm just going to go off my heart and what I know that do that. That is really where I need to be because that's how I am in standup. You get no, that's the, how you're right now. And see I see what I'm saying. And I, and I that's yeah. what because it's just so talented, and that's how you got in standup. Like, hey, listen, so today I'm going to talk about a dog, and I used to slap. So I, I think Vicky, that is 
2020 right now. And I just get excited about this stuff. So I'm sorry if I'm getting so passionate. No, I, you know what I feel like? I feel like God puts puts things in my hand. A thousand percent, a thousand percent. He, he, I don't know where, how this happened that you contacted us. And then you were kind and honest enough to give me such a great evaluation that very nobody else is going to tell me. Nobody. No, me. because, because, because. It's okay. I want you to win. No, no, is that I want you to win. And it's like you're a person that when you shoot the right way, you're not going to miss. And I feel like you just gave me a big shortcut. You know, I, I would have been, I feel so grateful. Honestly, I think that is in my craw that this was in, that this was the craw, but honestly too, I was trying to, my older daughter's helping me and I was trying to make her really happy because she's very like, you know, and it's not her fault because she's doing her best. And I was, and because it's so new to us and I, but I, I just felt like uh, I'm, you know, it's too tethered. I was too nervous about getting this stuff out that needed to be on. So I'm, I'm just so want you to know, I, I feel very gifted by what you just said, and I'm so relieved. <laughs> yeah, dude, I know. I saw it. I, I, I go, man. I, I, I listened to you for an hour on a podcast. You just sat there and you talked about stuff, and I listened to your tonality, and you, and when you had to say a joke about, hey, I'll. Uh, what'd you say? Stick in Delta to get some free thing, hit up the comedy, and then you went right back to. And I like that. And I think people will stick with you longer if you're that person versus little character or whatever. So I really like that. Are you still doing? I'm gonna give you a little more ideas. Are you still doing the the wedding stuff? Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I think you should talk about that. I think you should uh, do a segment. I think you said, hey, top mistakes that I've seen. Yeah. The the documenting, not create people get the problem is when you start creating, you lose it. If you just document it, my hey guys, today I want to share my top five worst ordained things that have happened to me. And you go every episode, you do one. Now here are the nice ones. Here yeah. was the weirdest thing. Oh, now so we could, right. We could talk for days so about that. Yeah. First of all, if they're hiring me, they gotta be a little off, right? Right. And, and then and then what what has ensued? You're right. I never even talk about I, I really it's not, the, the, the people that I've married, they I stay in touch with a lot of them. So they wouldn't mind if I talk about the weddings. It's hilarious what we've been through together. And you don't that's what it is. And you're not you're just, you're sharing a story. You're not gonna say, Well, Vicky B in 1984. You're gonna say, Listen, I had this couple, God bless their soul, because it's all where you come from. If you yeah. come from a place of good. Yeah. And you start documenting them, Vicky. So let me tell you what I mean by documenting. You're going to get that lapel microphone. You're going to put it on. And you're going to record it. And you say, listen, I want to record. And, and however one free wedding, you record it. This is what's going to happen. I never once posted that I, that I was a speaker. I never once posted on my social media, I gave baseball lessons. I never once posted, hey, come on my podcast. All I did was I showed the world. You think these girls that are showing tits and ass on Instagram are saying, hey, if you want to hook up, whatever, it's obvious what they're doing. So you do the same thing. Hey, I'm the best ordainer. It's the south of, of Orange County. This is my setup. You're not selling. You're just showing. And you're creating that experience. And listen, there's somebody for everybody, right? This is my thing. And if you start with that, Oh my God, that's a thing. You still live in a mobile home or no? Oh yeah, we're here now. Love it. 
start talking about mobile home living. Yeah. Right? What and, and these are and you think, well, the this COVID, I don't know. You have time. You literally this. I just gave you some ideas now. You can literally grab the team and go, this dude's right. This is gonna be fun. Because man, you don't think it's fun to share your stories and how you stay in touch with people. And and what if you start saying, Hey, listen, you get ordained. Ordained is called married or ordained. Is that the verbiage you use? Uh, you get ordained to 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 marry. To people. marry, so you yeah. call so married, and you go. Listen, here's a stat. Here's a fun fact: eighty-five percent of these marriages stick together. Yeah. See what I mean? Yeah, I haven't had one divorced couple yet. I check them. But you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that is the thing. Hey, if you want to marry somebody and you want it to last, now you know. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, I love it. Vicky B, I'm telling you, only because you're so talented, only because I th think I think now what's going to happen? This is going to keep growing, and then all the other stuff is just going to happen organically. Yeah, that's awesome, Coach. I appreciate that, and I appreciate that. It's all about coming to to real, and 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 like just like everything else. Like when I've been listening to your your coaching, it's just loose, 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 loose. Vicky, because I'm a, I was a failure. I was, I was always a positive dude, but I always, I wanted to impress people instead of help people. Yeah. You know, so when I was living in my car and all of a sudden, because I have a little bit of swag and I got that Latino thing and the positivity thing, I was able to get into really elite circles. So when we're having dinner and everybody's talking their stories and they got to me, I lied to people. I said, oh, I, and here's the funny part. I never drank in my life. I've never taken a drug. I have nothing against people that do. Right. But I became a liar because I was. I played for the Yankees, but I injured my arm because I wanted to fit in. What would have happened if I would have said the truth? You know what? I've been living in my car, and that's who I'm. They would have loved me, because Hollywood is full of fakes. Yeah, you know, no, they're up there. Yeah, but sometimes you just you know what you need to do. But you wish you didn't do it. I remember people coming to the carpet store. And I would tell people, this is this one period, this year long, that I started convincing myself that I played cello in the San Diego Symphony. And our, our carpet store looked like a piece of crap. I had no shoes on. I wore overalls. We didn't have a forklift the first five years. I'm lifting rolls with my dad. And they go, can you measure at three o'clock? I'll go, oh, no, sorry, I have a rehearsal with the symphony. And these people would have to look at me with a straight face. <laughs> And, and why'd you do that, Vicky? Just to make yourself feel better or just oh, yeah. to... I tried to figure that out. I was 24, 23. Why would I do that? I have no idea why I would... I I, I had one friend, one girlfriend, and she uh, was married. And all of a sudden she said, I'm lesbian. I'm going to San Diego. I'm going to be with these women. And then I went to visit her with her friends one time. And one of the ladies was a member of the San Diego Symphony. And it was back then, like 30 years ago, and the and the, the women were really militant. And they go, you know, Vicky, you're straight, so you really don't fit in with us, so we don't really welcome you. Wow. So and, and that 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 was how a few people were back then because probably they had to be, they had to hide. And so I just was devastated that I lost my only friend, kind of, you know, that she was away from me. And then I think maybe that's why I took this girl's personality and pretended in some insane way that I played for the symphony to people that would walk into our carpet store. I mean, I got uh, no. I got <laughs> Vicky, what's your favorite type of music? Irish. 
Is that for real or no? I really love Irish music. I love the Pogues. I mean, if that was my very favorite stupid thing to say, yeah. I love if I had one thing I could listen to, it'd probably be like the Pogues or the Chieftains. I really love Irish music. The Pogues? Uh, How, what what is is that a group? The Pogues, yeah. They're like uh they're like a, like a ska Irish, ska with Irish kind of thing. Okay. And how do you, how do you spell it? What is it? P O G U E S. P O G U E S. All right, the Pogues. All yeah, right. they're kind of like Nathaniel Raycliffe if he was Irish kind of thing. Okay. Chieftain. So I mean, but I love I love music. Lou, my favorite husband, is a, a piano player at the comedy store, and he he plays all kinds of music that I love. So I really love music. Nice. Vicky, any questions for me? Anything that I could help you with? Anything? What's your favorite music? My favorite right now it's a hip hop. Nice. Yeah. I go with uh I go with hip hop. You know, I think you can't overweight eat if you're listening to hip hop. And I've been thinking during the day of playing more hip hop because I don't think you could have a second helping with hip hop going on. I'm not sure, but I'm going to give it a shot. All right. All right. It's, it's so funny, Vicky. I, uh, I knew you'd be as cool as you are now when, when I saw you. So I just think I wish you continue Godspeed and everything that's happening to you. I I hope you execute on maybe some of the things I said because it's it's not a way to success, but it's a way to add to your repertoire of damage that you can do to people and make them happy and this and that, that maybe somebody isn't going to come up to you and tell you, you know what, uh, but because they don't, either they don't want you to succeed or they don't care or they don't take the time, but you got a lot of talent, so I, I'm... Super happy that I that I have that I've had you on. Thank you for the coaching. It really was information that I needed to hear, and you saved me beating my head against the wall. I'm not saying I'm going to instantly know what I'm doing, but my direction is going to be different because I have new information, and I'm really grateful for that coach. And I love what you do. I like I said, I wish I would have heard you 20 years ago, but I've heard you now. I'm going to share you with my daughters and my friends, and I'm going to keep listening to your coaching because what you're saying to the kids with the baseball is the same exact thing that I need to hear as a performer. So I love it. So thank you so much. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 